The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've found Destination Love with Shelley Pumphrey. This is not a program about becoming the perfect date or how to get that special someone you've been admiring to notice you. Instead, we'll bring you the science behind how to find love and show how being your true self generally works best. Now, here's your host, Shelley Pumphrey. Hello, and welcome to Destination Love. This is Shelley Pumphrey, and I am so happy to be here today with all of you. Um, we are in, gosh, we've been doing this a couple of months now and I am just loving this process and for those of you who have been following I hope that you're getting a lot out of this today we are going to talk about why you shouldn't give up on dating and I have um, a man here with us today by the name of Zach Oates and I I have a I met him in, a, in kind of a funny way. I was actually at a Tony Robbins event a few, well, I guess it was about a month ago or so. And I happened to be passing my business card down a row of people to a friend of mine. And he ha- he saw that I was a dating coach and kind of got my attention and said he went on a thousand dates to find his wife. And I was like, what? Who goes on a thousand dates? And I, uh, you know, immediately thought, I got to hear this guy's story. So I was intrigued, and um, I am guessing that many of you are going to be intrigued as well. So, Zach, I want to welcome you today. I am really excited to hear your story and hope that we could all get some information or some inspiration and maybe find out some ways from your your wisdom and experience um, how we can maybe not have to go on a thousand dates to find the person that we want to spend our life with. So welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was uh, great to meet you. And, you know, there's very few things in life I feel are serendipitous. So glad to finally be here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very serendipitous. I, I laugh every time I think about how that happened. Um, so Zach, I know that you're an entrepreneur. It sounds like you have started several businesses. Um, sounds like you do a lot of traveling and some humanitarian work. Um, but you also, uh, just wrote a book called dating never works until it does a hundred lessons from a thousand dates. So I definitely, I mean, we're definitely going to talk about the book, but tell us a little bit about just you and how the heck does this entrepreneur who does all of these business type things end up writing a book about dating? No, great question. So um, something that really connected with me about you, Shelly, was, you know, your whole concept of how you should be yourself, you know? And I feel like that's something that so many people feel like they were kind of born into a one, two, three, four, five-star restaurant, and they've got to look at the menu, pick their lifestyle, and that's what they're stuck with, you know? Um, But I appreciate people like you who are propagating that message that really life is the kitchen, 
You know, we have unlimited ingredients. We we get to make of it what we will, and it's okay if we do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And um, luckily, I found I found someone who who agrees with me um, and was able to. You know, we were able to finally get married. But when it came when it comes down to it, it's just uh, Joseph Campbell had a great quote of "Follow your bliss," and yeah. I totally agree with that. That you. Need to find your flow, find what moves you forward, and and let your soul kind of pull you where it goes. And um, I've been I've been blessed to be a part of some really incredible opportunities, and uh, you know, just tried to not let those pass me by. So, yeah, so I've, I've started six companies and an international nonprofit. Um, I'm currently doing consulting for Fortune 100 companies, and it's uh, but through it all. Kind of, I, I set aside some time every day to do writing, just because I find that's what gives me. It's it's where one of my flows is, you know. Um, right. And at the end of the day, it's just I, I started in 2008 writing a blog, and since then I've written over 350 articles about dating and relationships and inspiration. And really, my my uh, goal for each article is, what do I want to learn about? Or what would I want to share? And uh, so it's, it's been a great adventure, Sally. That's awesome. Wow, I love your passion. It's, uh, I feel like uh, it's inspiring to hear that you've done all that. And I know that you're, um, I don't know how old you are, but I know that you're probably, you're not an old man, <laughs> whatever <laughs> old man is. But you've done a lot in your life <laughs> for the, the age that you probably are. <laughs> So that's awesome. Thirty years young. This is my uh, yeah. My, my goal was to get to every continent before I was thirty, but didn't get Antarctica in there. So we'll have to try maybe before I'm forty. Wow, I'm sure you'll. Yeah, I bet you'll get it in there if you've done all of that by thirty. Wow, I'm impressed. So tell us, like, what I'm dying to know is how you met your wife, and if this was kind of well, just tell us the story. I'm I'm curious. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is one of those stories where when when people are like, you know, you get to a lot of couples, you're like, okay, how do you guys meet? And they're like, you tell it. No, you tell it. <laughs> this is one that, like, you know, I just love telling this story just because it is so just hot circumstance, you know? It just kind of happened. <laughs> and um, so as you said, I had been on over a thousand dates before I met my wife. And... You know, I lived a very active lifestyle. I, I traveled a lot. I um, I was an entrepreneur, and I had so many people always telling me that I needed to settle down and not be so wild, or I'd never meet my wife. I need to go on less trips. I need to just get a job so I could have a more stable social life. But, you know, I just figured I would meet my life along the path that I was taking, and I wasn't going mm-hmm. to veer my path to try to find her. So, um I had just finished my, my MBA, and I took a two-month trip through Asia and Australia, um, and then I kind of came back to the States and went across country, and I found myself on, uh, on a big camping trip in, in southern Utah, in a place called Moab, and uh, I'm, it was a Thursday, and it was about 10 a.m., I, I decided I wanted to take this hike, and I saw this girl that was walking about 10 paces ahead of me. I uh, ran up, caught up there, and that was, like I said, about 10 a.m. And by 2 p.m., we were kissing in her tent. And let me tell you, 
this was the only time I've ever done that in my entire life. Okay? So wow. Before, before you start judging, I was normally a super, super slow mover. Like, I, I wouldn't wow. even kiss a girl on the cheek until like a fourth date, right? Uh-huh. Um, but wow. it, just, it just clicked, you know? And uh, so on, on Monday, I invited her to come with me to a family reunion in Nebraska and, but she couldn't go because she had her best friend's wedding. Well, by Thursday morning, one week after meeting her, she got in the car with me, told her best friend that, uh, by the way, she was a bridesmaid in that wedding, told her best friend that she wouldn't be able to go to the wedding. Her best friend totally agreed. And, you know, uh, it was two months exactly after we met that I got down the knee and proposed to her. And, oh, uh, my gosh. That's fast. Yeah, that is crazy. It was, it was a whirlwind, Shelly. Wow. But I think the, wow. thing that was, the thing that's interesting is that um, when I pulled out that ring, it literally was the first time that we ever talked about marriage. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure whether or not she'd say yes. <laughs> so I actually had, like, a fake diamond put in the ring because the store only offered in-store credit. And so I figured if she said no, I didn't want to have a diamond on credit as well. <laughs> Did she know that later on, probably, huh? Well, yeah. I, I, we, we went in and picked out a diamond the next day. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, wow. So uh, two months, and you just knew. Like, obviously, if, it's, if things move this quickly... The question that's like coming up for me when you talk about that is, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here because I want to hear more about how you got up to this moment, but how is it that so quickly you knew that she was the one versus all these other people that you had dated, apparently these thousand other dates? What was so different? No, I think that's a great question. And, um, you know, there's, there's a few things I could think about. One is the fact that uh, everyone is different, right? And, like, my, my parents, they, from their first date to my father proposing, was five days, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my, so, yeah, my dad was one of, after two months, he's like, what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> my brother, you know, knew his wife for three years before he proposed. And uh-huh. so, it's, it's, you know, and my sister's been dating the same guy for four years. And they're not, they're not engaged. And so, uh-huh. you know, everyone is different. So it's not, right. I, I don't want to give the impression that that's, you know, that if you've been with somebody for a long time, that's a bad thing, you know? Because um, I think it's that, that beautiful uh, just for, for us. So we're, we're both uh, members of the, we're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, we're both Mormons, and we're very devout. And okay. one of the things about that is I kind of look at a relationship as a pyramid, right? Where the things on the bottom are the things that you value most in life. And then as you go up, um, while there are more things in quantity, those things matter less and less, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about Crocs, right? To me, right. that is an absolute deal breaker. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but you know... Um, and so to us, religion and how we wanted to live our lives and, and how we felt about our relationship to each other and what our marriage would look like 
in 20, 30 years and, um, and service and, and what we do on Sundays and, and how the values we want to instill in our children, there was so much of that that we just knew was the same because we both shared the same feelings about the same religion. Right. And it's, for, for some people, religion is like a room in the house of life, right? Whereas to us, it was like the whole foundation of our lives. And so that's one thing that really made it a lot easier to make the decision Yeah, was just understanding where she was with um, her relationship to religion and God. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can see how that would be so powerful. And I think a lot of people have that foundation and that connection. And then a lot of people don't have, um, you know, a strong religious connection, or um, maybe they have a spiritual side to them that they share with somebody. And I think, you know, whether it's religion or um, your spirituality, whatever it is, like, the point is, having that strong, like, this is something where there's so many different paths of our life that can connect and intertwine that we know that this can work, right? I mean, yeah. your, your, your religion, your faith is something that, you know, it was identifiable, like we, you know, those things that you guys, you know, go to, go to, you know, church or where, you know, so, um, but it, I think that can apply for anybody in whatever thing that um, it is that they hold, um, you know, as important in their lives. So I no, love I that that was should. such a connection. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I found was, uh, so I, I actually went to, um, in my entrepreneurial endeavors, I, I went to, ended up at a conference, a Predictive Analytics Innovation Summit. And one of the things that I found really interesting was they had a, uh, a data scientist there from Mash.com, and he mm-hmm. put up he put up a uh, a chart, and it showed something really interesting that that people who both said that they were vegetarians, right, and they had that as one of their one of their big interests um, about themselves, or excuse me, one of the one of the big things that they they said about themselves, they were forty five percent more likely to meet up and have a relationship than people who disagreed on, uh, on that. And somebody who said wow. fast food and somebody who said vegetarian, they were over 50% more likely to not work out than mm-hmm. the average person. And so it really is, it's not, it's not necessarily about just religion. That's what it was for my wife and I, but I totally agree with you. It's about what do we hold dear? What are those passions, right. those interests, those, those core motivations and beliefs that, um, that drive us? Because, you know, two people coming together are, you're always going to change and eventually it's going to, it's not going to be as much about um, love as it will be about commitment. And it's a commitment to each other. And and when you have the same driving forces, you understand why people are moving the way they do and why they make the choices they make. Mm -hmm. And and also, I think there's one more thing that that I learned right before I met my wife I think was absolutely critical. And it has nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with anything else, but it has to do with our choices. Um, there's a great quote, and it goes, choose your love and love your choice. And mm. I always understood the second part of that, love your choice, right? Whoever yeah. you choose, you need to stay committed, you need to, you need to, you need to love them. Obviously, there's all kinds of circumstances that will uh, caveat that. 
you, for, for the most part, once you make the choice, you, you got to choose to stay in love. You got to choose to make it the right one. But right. I never really understood that the first part of that phrase, which is choose your love. I mean, to me, I always thought love just happened, right? I just, right, right. You know, there I am, and I just, and I just work on it, right? And I just, all of a sudden, I meet someone, and I fall in love, and, and honestly, while it sounds like, uh, well, it sounds like my, my wife and I, like our stories all happened really quickly, and it did, when I went race shopping for the first time, I mean, I wasn't even sure I loved her, right? Mm-hmm. But what I did was I realized that she was such an amazing person that she had everything that I was looking for and that, and that, I, that she seemed to feel the same way about me and that we had a great connection. I loved spending time with her. I loved her family. I loved, you know, her, her passions and her dreams for life. And, um, and I realized, you know, you said, how did I know that she was the one above all the other people I dated? Honestly, I, I made the choice. You know, right. I said, I, I prayed every single day. I said, if this is right, Help me to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And because this is my choice and this is the person that I wanna that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Um, now obviously, Shelley, of the other people that I dated, could there have been other people I, I married? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm so happy with my choice and mm-hmm. and uh, I definitely worked at um, worked at falling in love. Because my wife is, she is so easy to love. But uh-huh. for me to overcome all the fears that I had about love uh, took took some effort. And once once that happened, and once I kind of took that leap of faith, the love just was overwhelming. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome that you were able to do that. And I think we live in such a world where I think we always feel like we have all these choices, and people fear making that choice to commit to somebody and and forget that you know there's all these other things out there all these other possible people on an online dating site or something um so i love your commitment there i think um speaks volumes to how we need to be in relationship with our partners so um, we're going to stop for a minute, take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to get more into this and a little bit more about how you went on these thousand dates. So we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Destination Love with Shelly Pumphrey and Zach Oates. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. 
Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Welcome back to Destination Love. This is Shelley Pumphrey, your host, and... I am interviewing Zach Oates, the author of Dating Never Works Until It Does, 100 Lessons from a Thousand Dates. And before we took the commercial break, Zach was sharing with us about how he chose to love his wife. And um, so I want to kind of follow up on that topic here a little bit. Zach, one of the things that you've said is that we should give up because we will never stay married to the same person. Why is that? Yeah, you know, a lot of people, you know, share that around, just kind of a quick baby title. Sorry about that. But uh, I know a lot of people uh, read it because they were thinking that I was talking about divorce. But really what it comes down to is they've done a lot of scientific studies that show that the person we are today is fairly different than the person that we were five years ago. And we all think that the person we'll be in the next five years is going to be much closer to the person we are today. But that's not true. And that we're always changing. We're always evolving. And when we choose to marry someone, when we choose to get into a relationship, we are choosing that person and that snapshot in time. But as life happens, as things occur, as tragedies come, as successes wash over, Things change and evolve. It's, it's a shifting landscape of self. And while we may stay true to our, our core values, there's a lot of other factors that involve who we are. And so we should stop trying to think that we're going to stay married to the same person because, you know, I've, I've talked to people who have been married for 50, 60 years, and the guy will say, you know, I'm, I feel like I had five different wives, and the, hus- and the wife will say the mm-hmm. same thing about the husband because we change and we adapt. And so it's not about just staying with one person it's, and, and hoping that person ever changes. It's about realizing that we're all human and we right. change, and it's about changing together. And when you have a right. unified goal, uh, which is why I was talking about those core motivations before, that when you have a unified goal and you're both trending in the same place, then you can change together. And I think that's, that's really what um, I've found in, in all of my interviews and research, the best relationships have is they, they mm-hmm. give each other room to change, but always changing together. Right. Yeah, I agree completely. I always, one thing that I like to say to people is when you choose somebody to be in a relationship with that you stay detached from the outcome. And it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, what I mean by that is that you don't, 
go into it thinking, yes, this is going to be the same person. We're going to be this way for the rest of our lives. But it's exactly what you're saying. Like, let go of what that's going to look like. Be flexible and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that somebody is going to change so much that it's not going to work for you. I mean, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes that's the best thing for two people because they do continue to change and evolve. And that may not always mean that the relationship stays the same. But I think when you have that commitment to being flexible and allowing um, for change to happen, then um, you can create a beautiful relationship. I like that, like change together, you know, like people get bored, people get really stifled when they stay in relationship and don't allow change to happen, you know, because change is part of life. It's the only constant that we have. Exactly. And, and there, and that's why I found one of the reasons why, um, when everyone says communication is such an important part of relationships, I feel that one of the reasons that is, is because, you know, how often do you hear, Shelly, people saying, I woke up, you know, five years into marriage and I looked over, I didn't even know who I was laying next to. Right. Right. Well, the, the communication, to have those checkpoints along the way, I feel is super important. And, and one of the pieces of advice that, that my wife and I got uh, and, and something that we took when we were dating and uh, when we were engaged and still to this day is once a week, we sit down, we have a conversation, we calendar together, and then we share with each other what happened that week that uh, that we really appreciated about the other person and, and why we love the other person. And then we ask the other for ways to improve. Mm-hmm. And this helps us kind of stay grounded together so that we can make sure that there's none of those uh, things that are moving under the surface and just keep festering and festering. And it gives us a chance to just kind of get a, a good emotional exfoliation once a week um, when everything is, is still at a small stage. And that's something yeah. that, as you do that, that's a great way to help connect so that you don't all of a sudden have the shock in five years because you've been understanding what's happening over the course of those five years. I think that's awesome. Like, that's such a such great advice for couples to follow and, um, you know, have that constant check-in. Um, you know, it's easy to get lost in the in the routine of daily life and feel like everything's just going okay. But um, I think it's vital for people to do that along the way instead of waiting until, yeah, you wake up that day and you feel and you realize you don't even know your partner or things get to that crisis point um, and people are on the verge of a breakup or divorce and then they start talking. And most of you know, much of the time, that's too late for people. So right. I love that advice. Yeah. So I want to, um, I want to talk a little bit like switch gears here for a minute, because I want to hear more about the story of, of how you got to this place. I mean, right now you're talking about how your relationship is once you've met this woman and what's, you know, what these values are that we really need to hold near and dear to our hearts to keep relationships going. But tell us about the book and your journey up to this point. Why, why yeah. did you call the book what you did? Yeah, no, great question, Shelley. So um, one of the things that I kept on coming back to in dating, because, you know, I went on over a thousand dates. I mean, I, it, was, it was honestly at times pathetic, Shelley, because for me, I had spreadsheets. I would 
every week I would like write down all the girls I was pursuing and then uh, just text them each. And at one point I was, I was pursuing over 20 girls at the same time. Wow, you were busy. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, how how am I supposed to live a life, right? How am I supposed to give anything a chance? Um, And so I I was just like a dating machine. I mean, my my only goal uh, social was I would spend like one night a week, um, one, one weekend night going to parties to meet people. And then the other days I'd, I'd try to, my goal was to go on at least three dates a week. And mm-hmm. usually I went on, usually I went on like five to five or six a week. And it was, um, I, I really enjoyed when I was on the dates, but when I came home, it was exhausting, right? Cause I yeah. felt like I was just having to like put on a, sh- put on like a first date show. Cause I went on so many first dates and not very many second dates and hardly any third dates. Um, just because I, I I felt comfortable in the first dates, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like there, there are things that we can do to lie to ourselves. Like, for example, I was lying to myself the whole time that I wanted to get married. I didn't want to get mm-hmm. married. I wanted a date. And, and honestly, that's not a bad thing, right? It's right. not that yeah. for someone to want to date. What I think is important, though, is that we're honest with ourselves, right? And that... And we, we call it for what it is. And, Absolutely. Um, and I think for me that because I kept on lying to myself that I wanted to get married, but I kept on doing things that would sabotage any chance I had of, of a relationship, such as pursuing so many girls that there's no way that I could ever develop a serious relationship with one of them. Um, uh-huh. And so I felt like a failure. I felt so discouraged at times mm-hmm. after the date. Right? Mm-hmm. I felt exhausted. I felt discouraged. I felt like I was just a constant failure. And then I, I would see all these people around me that it just seemed like it just worked for them. And I didn't, yeah. get, I didn't get why dating was so hard for me. And I wish I would have, and the reason I wrote this book is because dating is so much fun. It's enjoyable. It's, it's an awesome way to, to meet people, to learn of life experiences uh, of others, and to gain a lot of our own. And right. I, just want, I want people to know that, look, dating isn't supposed to work until it does. And once it does, that's awesome. But yeah. every single date you go on, if you're looking for marriage, will end in failure until you meet the last person you'll ever date. Right. And so dating never will work. And then one day it just does. And so I figured I wanted to create a way that people can enjoy the process more and hopefully do it in less days than me if that's that's their goal. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, uh, we're a one car family right now. And that's because I spent all the other money on that second car on dates. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you did. (laughs) It's bad for the guys. So uh, this is uh, what's coming up for me is, you know, you talk about how you come, you'd come home from these dates and you'd feel really exhausted. I mean, it is exhausting, but it can be really fun. But I work with a lot of people who don't feel very optimistic. You know, usually usually people come to me and they're like, I am so done with dating. I can't do this anymore. What advice do you have for them to help them keep it light and fun? Yeah, well, I I have a bunch of of date ideas in in the back of my book and um, just 
for ideas of, of what to do and what to enjoy. But, uh, and they're, they're simple, they're, they're fun dates, they're not very expensive, and so it's something that you can, that you can do in a very casual way. Uh, but honestly, what, what I did to really enjoy dates is I just figured, okay, what is something I really like doing? And then invite someone to come with me, right? I loved trying new restaurants. And so I would, when I would meet people, I'd say, hey, have you heard of this new restaurant? Let's go try it. And that's an easy, fun way to go on dates. If you like going to theme parks, and look, I know there's lots of people who love going on dates with you to theme parks. And, and there's, there's ways you can do it that are inexpensive as well. I, I also love frozen yogurt. So I would go on at least one or two frozen yogurt dates a week. And literally, it was just, it was 90 minutes from door to door. Pick them up. We'd go to frozen yogurt. We'd chat, maybe walk around a little bit, and then drop them off. Just something really short and, and fun so that you don't have to drag it on into like a, a whole production of a first date. But right. something great and, and uh, something that brings you enjoyment because chances are like, you know, just, just like you'll meet someone along the path of, of the life that you choose to live, you do things that you enjoy and find other people that enjoy them as well. Right. You know, and what, one thing that I often use um, myself and just in teaching other people um, how to be in a better state when they're, um, you know, doing something that maybe they're nervous about or they're not too excited to, you know, go on another date. But, you know, as a Tony Robbins person, you'll get this. But what Tony Robbins talks about is how we can instantly change our state, our emotional state. And if we are going into a date with dread and, you know, we're nervous and we're like, oh, my God, this person's going to reject me or I don't really know why I'm going. I'm not really attracted to this person. Like, if you go into like that, I mean, for those of you that are listening right now, imagine how that feels in your body. Like, even as I'm talking about this right now, I'm slunching, like, I'm, I'm, I'm slunching my shoulders. I'm, like, feeling miserable I'm curled over in my spine um but if you can like I always have like a date playlist that I play before I go on any date and so I get like really pumped up with some music that makes me feel either happy or um just open and alive and confident and just like in a place where I feel really grounded within myself and I'm not afraid to be me on a date so like I want to kind of throw that out to people like Zach's just, you know, Zach's saying, do something fun, do something that you enjoy, which I agree because when you're doing something that you enjoy, you get into this state where you feel good. Like even right now, as I'm talking about it, like my shoulders are back and open and I'm feeling confident and excited. And you can instantly put yourself in that kind of emotional place by a thinking about it moving your body, listening to some music, like you can do things to change your emotional state and your perspective on what you're going into. So I really like to suggest that to people um, to be aware of it and doing things that make that make it fun or like key. Um, and the other thought that I had too, like, you know, as a guy, sometimes you're in control of dates, not to say women can't ask guys out, but especially on first dates, often the woman is waiting for the man to make a move and ask her out. So sometimes we might feel like we don't always have 
a say-so in where we go on a date. So it might not be something fun. So what, any thoughts about what to do in that kind of situation? Like if you're not really in control of where you're going, I mean, we do get a say-so, but you know, how, how do you make people go on dates when they're like, oh, here's another guy that invited me to go to another amusement park and I hate amusement parks, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Shelly, I think that is a fantastic idea. And, and uh, I totally agree that, you know, our state of being, our state of mind is about us and our perspective, not our circumstances, right? right. And I think that's so important that we always remember that. And, um you know, there, there have been a few times that I've been asked out on dates, and uh, I mean, and they were like, hey, I want to pick you up for this date. I'm going to plan it. I'm going to pay for it. And I was like, okay. And I'll admit, it, it wasn't at times, it hasn't been people that maybe I uh, would have asked out myself. Um, and so I wasn't necessarily looking forward to that date. But there are two things that I... I've learned from that. And one is being interested in why other people have their interests. It's mm, so fascinating like when, when you say, hey, what do you do for free? Like, what do you do in, in your free time? And not stop there, but really understand why is that an interest to you? For example, you know, I have no interest in coin collecting, but I remember one time I was talking with somebody for over an hour about their coin collection because it was so fascinating to me that somebody could be interested in collecting coins. I just didn't get it, right? But it was, it was so fun for me to understand why that was their interest. Um, yeah, that's great advice. And another thing that, uh, from one of my absolute favorite poems by Max Ehrman called Desiderata, there's a line in there that mm-hmm. says, Speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others, even to the dull and the ignorant, they too have their story. Mm. And that's something I think about all the time, that um, maybe, maybe I'm not super interested in this person, maybe they're not my type, and maybe things aren't ever going to work out, and this is the last time I'll ever see them. But that person is loved so much by someone, by a yeah. parent, by a future spouse who doesn't even know that they're going to be madly in love with this person. And so even, even those people where you know it's not going to work out for you, try to figure out why are they loved so much? What about them is so livable? And what about them is going to be just the thing that their children and their spouse or their, yeah. their girlfriend or boyfriend are just going to sing their praises later on? That's and, awesome. I'm going gonna, gonna to stop you because we've got to cut out for a commercial here but we're going to end on that note i love that such a great thing to think think about we'll be back in a minute with destination love we'll talk to you in a few streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com attention If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. 
Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelley Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelley at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Welcome back to Destination Love with Shelley Pumphrey and Zach Oates. We are talking about dating and um, I do want to remind everybody if you want to learn more about uh, my services and how I work with people with dating you can find me at thelovestrategist.com much easier to spell than my name so um, I feel like here at the end of the show I want to really get a little bit more um, concrete and practical about how you can help us maybe avoid having to go on a thousand dates if we can. Um, so, Zach, can you share with us some of the more practical steps or tips that you have for men and women? Um, maybe we, let's start with the guys. Like, how can guys go on more dates or just what are some of the best tips that you have to help them with this process? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to start off, I say make your chicken list, right? Take Take the people, the five people that you have wanted to ask you out or you have wanted to ask out and write down those five people and then get out there and make it happen. Just don't be a chicken. Just start. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, and honestly, make a chicken list, a chicken list for your life too. Figure out Mm -hmm. what those things that you've been afraid to do and go out and start doing it. And I promise you that as you get out there and as Henry David Thoreau, he says, uh, if we advance confidently in the direction of our dreams and endeavor to live the life, to live the life which we have imagined, we will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. So, as you're moving forward, as you're um, doing those things that you feel drawn to, life will unfold before you. And so, just just start moving. Um, but from a practical standpoint, so guys, right? One of the things that uh, that I've that I've found a really easy way. This works for guys or girls, but uh, as you walk up, if you see someone you're interested in, I call this the fat penguin. And I call it a fat penguin because it's, it's something to break the ice. You know, what's, what's that first step between you see someone you're attracted to and then you're actually talking to them. And here's, here's what I've done. Kind of look over at them, kind of look away, look back over at them. And then walk up to them confidently and then just say, who do people say that you look like? And that is such an icebreaker question because everyone has mm-hmm. said they look like someone. And so it's just a way to kind of start a conversation on a, on a fun, positive note. Um, I love that. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it works well in any situation, just something to, something to break the ice. Yeah. Um, and then it's important to know 
that it is okay to get rejected. People are going to say no. People are going to stand you up. And while I went on over a thousand dates, a third of the time, I kid you not, a third of the time, the date either rejected, canceled last minute, or a few times even plain stood me up. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's okay. It's not that you're, you're a bad person or it's not even that they're a bad person. It's just that sometimes two things don't go together well. So that's okay. Um, but also when you're, when you ask someone a date, actually use the word date. Don't let, make sure that your intentions are known and, uh, and a date. What, what is a date? Well, I heard a great definition for a date, which is the three P's, planned, paid for, and paired off. So when, when you're going, for example, like when you pick a restaurant, um, instead of saying, hey, we're going to go to California Pizza Kitchen, right? Think to yourself, okay, there's a couple of restaurants around here uh, and, and say, would you rather have pizza or would you rather have Chinese food? And let your date make a little bit of the decision, but don't ever, oh my goodness, I hear horror stories of people going to pick up their date, and then they get into the car, the door closes, and they say, so what do you want to do? Oh, <laughs> God, I can't even. Sally, I can't. I, <laughs> I agree. I think as a woman, we need the guy to be in that masculine energy where they are taking charge, especially there in the beginning. Personally speaking, and and honestly, I found that that women have really appreciated when I've said, "Hey, would you rather have, you know, American or, or pizza or Chinese food?" Mm-hmm. And that way, that way they have an option because yeah. then they feel like they have a choice, but they don't feel like they have to choose between. Because if you say, "Where do you want to eat?" Well, then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, I don't want to choose a place too cheap, too expensive." Right. What do you want and. But if you just say American or Chinese, it just makes it super simple. And so, and it shows that you've done a little bit more planning than just picking a restaurant or not picking anything. Right. Um, now, and uh, one of the things that I, I always want to say is that a lot of times, and, and you mentioned this earlier, Shelly, that a lot of times women think, I can't ask a guy out. Well, <laughs> They, you might feel a little bit awkward asking a guy out, but honestly, here's four steps to get a guy to ask you out, okay? Oh, step let's one. hear it. <laughs> step one, when you meet a guy, make sure you touch his arm, okay? Touch his forearm, touch, his, touch behind his elbow. Just touch his arm to make sure that you establish a little bit of physical connection and that you show that you're flirting, okay? Step two, laugh at his jokes. Now, look. All guys think they're funny, okay? Once they're married for a few years, they'll find out they're not. But <laughs> while they're still single, let them think they're funny, okay? Just laugh at their jokes. Uh, step three, ask questions with eye contact. So uh-huh. don't be having this, like, head swivel thing, looking around the room for some other person to talk to. Show genuine interest. Ask questions. And then step four, this is the key step. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you this in advance that you're not lying, but every place you've ever heard of is good. Now, let me tell you why it's important. What you're going to do, so you're not lying, because I just told you that every place in the world is good. You're going to say, have you heard of, and then insert something. 
either a movie, a restaurant, a dessert place, and then say, we should totally go there sometime. (laughs) That's good. Now, if you do those four things and that guy does not ask you on a date, either one, he isn't interested, and that's okay because not everyone has to be interested, or two, he is so dense, he's not picking up on the fact that you want to ask you out, and let me tell you, you do not want those dumb genes passed on to your kids, okay? So, good riddance. <laughs> so, those, those I love are it. Steps to get a guy to ask you out. And guys, when, when you ask a girl out, make sure it's planned, paid for, paired off, and use the word date in asking them out. That is so good. I love that. And I love... Um, I love what you kind of said here at the end of this one, you know, if the guy doesn't ask you out, you know, essentially, and and you talked about it too with the guys, like if you're quote unquote rejected, like what are you going to do with that? Because to me, rejection is a story that we tell ourselves, um, you know, and usually the story comes in as, oh, something's wrong with me. I'm not attractive. I'm a loser. Like, you know, it's something negative about ourselves. And if you continue to, to let that story rule you while you're dating or in any other place in your life, you're going to feel like crap. You know, you're never, you're going to lose your confidence and you're, you're going to hate dating. Um, and like you said, you got what turned down or rejected over a third of the time. Um, and you kept going. So I think it's really important to watch the stories that you're telling yourself about what you see as a rejection, because there could be a million different reasons why this person isn't, coming on a date with you. Um, and I always say, like, if they're not interested in you and you you believe, you have to believe that you're a catch. You're a catch for that right, perfect person. If they're not interested in you, it's their loss or, you know, good for them. They're going to go find their catch. And I, that opens the door for me to get one step closer to my catch. Absolutely. And, and one of the things is, if somebody isn't interested in you, quite frankly, you both can do better. Because... Right. They deserve someone that they're crazy about, and and right. you, whoever's listening to this, I I may not know you personally, but I know that you were put here on Earth for something special. I know that you have a purpose here, and that right. as you keep going through life and keep that hope, that you'll find that purpose. And it's it's not that you have to change who you are or do things the way other people would do them. Do things the way the best version of you would do them. Take yeah. some time, get to know yourself a little bit better before you let, uh, you know, not before, excuse me, but as you're letting other people get to know you as well, take that time to get to know yourself because you truly are amazing and you weren't put here on earth to fail and to just be rejected. You were put here on earth to do good and the good that you must do is good that somebody else won't do if you don't do it. And so... I feel like we each have to really understand and, and, like you said, believe that we are a catch because each of us is to someone. And just because we haven't met them yet doesn't mean they don't exist. And if you stay positive and get out there and, like, you know, Ellen says, just keep swimming, <laughs> you'll find that other fish in the sea that is just perfect for you. And right. they won't be perfect for you because they'll be perfect. They'll be perfect for you because the two of you are willing to work together to make a perfect relationship. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's that is right on target for sure. Any other thoughts about some tips that people can use to have more success with dating? You've given us you know, some really good ones. I want to see. Are there any more? <laughs> well, you know, just just uh, one last story is. Um, so my my great uncle Paul was on his deathbed, and uh, he was he was laying there, and he was you know sick for years before he passed away. And I'd go over to their house every now and then to rake leaves or to you know to help clean up. Um, and I went over there, and Paul was super super ill, and he probably only spoke a few sentences a day. And as I was over there, he he called out to his wife, to my great aunt's name was Della May, and he goes, Della May, really quietly, he's like, Della May. And she comes over to his bedside and is like, yes, Paul, and trying to see maybe he wanted, you know, some more food or a drink. And he just reached up his shaky hand and grabbed hers, and he said, I love you, and you're beautiful. Oh, and wow. honestly, tears just came to my eyes and I saw this moment and I later asked Della May, I said, how often did he say that? And she said, every day since, we were, since we've been married. Wow. And I'm so grateful for those wonderful examples of marriages that have lasted 50, 60 years and mm-hmm. realize it, as far as tips go, Realize that dating is that first step. You know, stay positive, stay hopeful, because it's true that everything else in life, uh, when we keep on failing and failing and failing, we feel like failures and we want to quit. Well, dating is different. We have a purpose. There is, there is something waiting for us, and dating doesn't work. And then somehow, some way, we don't change anything. We just keep on our path, and all of a sudden, it works. And so I'd say keep hopeful and keep for those, those moments looking forward, like Paul and Delaney, where you could have that love that transcends all of the discouragement and the depression and, and the rejection. And it's something that's, that's more than, uh, something more than you could imagine right now. And it's, it's wonderful, it's beautiful, it's something that I'm still working towards. But something I'm excited about. And I think that regardless of your relationship status, I hope that you get excited about it too. Yeah, that's great. I love that story. It gave me the chills just to hear you say that. But um, I agree. And I always like to say, like, when you have a partner, choose them every day. Um, Choose them, let them know that you choose them. And it can really help. Um, You know, it's those simple things sometimes that speak volumes. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Zach, I know I want to quickly again just say thank you. And if anybody wants to find Zach's book, um, again, it's Dating Never Works Until It Does, 100 Lessons from a Thousand Dates. And I think it's available on Amazon, right? Or it's your website? Available on Amazon or you can go to bowlofoats.com. Okay, great. And if you check out the Voice America's uh, 
homepage here where my show is. There's some links to Zach. And of course, you can find me at thelovestrategist.com or follow me on Facebook at Authentic Date. And uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening today. And again, Zach, thank you for sharing your wisdom and experience with us. It was fun. Thank you so much, Shelly. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Tune in next week. Uh, We will have... um, Catherine Woodward Thomas, author of Calling in the One and Conscious Uncoupling. It will be a great show. Have a good week. Thank you for making a weekly visit to Destination Love. Please join Shelley Pumphrey again next Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be brave, be you, be loved. 